Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. April Pitzer disappeared on Monday, June 28, 2004. When a person disappears without a trace, Often the most critical information is hidden in their actions and words from the days before they vanished. April Pitzer's last known whereabouts may hold the clues to what happened to her. A former model and mother of two plans a homecoming after six months in the Mojave Desert. She had real high hopes and she was so excited. She wanted to go see her kids. It was time for her to leave. But she never makes it home. I said, something has happened to April. April's gone. They've done something with her. A harrowing tale begins to unfold. A person made the comment that I know where she's at. She's in a hole. If somebody gets rid of somebody out here in the desert, it's rare they're ever found. It's a windy, unforgiving evening in the Mojave Desert in May 2004. 30-year-old April Beth Pitzer aimlessly wanders along old Route 66 in Newberry Springs, California. The young mother of two from Texas, who once aspired to be a model, is now homeless, hungry, and defeated. She wonders how life has come to this. Just four years earlier in Fort Worth, Texas, 
April Pitzer was living the life that dreams are made of. Chase loved April. He loved her very much, and she loved him. April's father-in-law bought him a beautiful new home, and, I mean, they had it all. Married to Chase Pitzer and about to give birth to their first little girl, April's life is heading in the right direction. Then comes a knock on her door that changes everything. The DEA showed up at her residence in Fort Worth and told her she was coming back to Arkansas to be a federal witness. When April was 22 and living in Arkansas, she was arrested for driving while intoxicated. She agreed to become a drug informant rather than face DWI charges. Now, six years later, she is called upon to testify. With the help of April's testimony, dozens of convictions are made against major players in a methamphetamine drug ring. And she was never the same. She looked over her shoulder everywhere she went. Then she had Bradley. The birth of her second daughter brings April renewed happiness. But before long, the paranoia begins again. She wouldn't even let her girls sleep in their rooms because she was scared somebody was going to come through the windows and kill them. And all of this paranoia started really taking its toll on her marriage itself. To subdue her fears, April starts drinking and doing drugs. Her and Chase had grown very distant. It's hard on me to understand all this fear, this paranoia, people going to kill her. But I was her mom, and I couldn't give up on her. April has a breakdown and is diagnosed as being bipolar. April just crumbled, you know? They'd put her on this medication, that medication. She was so beautiful, and then she just started getting thin, and it was just so sad. With her marriage all but over, April takes her two girls and moves into an apartment. She took a job at this little uh, shamrock up the road from where she and Chase lived. The girls had never been away from her. She was hands-on mom all the time. Just when she thinks life can't get any worse, April's in-laws gain custody of her children. She went home one day to get some more stuff, and the, the children were taken from her because she was bipolar. They thought she needed a break. Separated from her children, April starts socializing with a different crowd. I met April uh, back sometime uh, in Texas. I was at a friend's house and uh, we were having a little social gathering. John Lopez is a truck driver from California who has been staying in Texas with relatives. When John and April meet, the two seem to hit it off. They decided to go out just to, uh, you know, mingle and uh, have a few drinks and have a good time. He paid April the attention that she felt she wasn't getting. John came into her life at a time when she needed to feel loved. Just a few months later, John starts making plans to leave Texas and go back west. I asked her if she wanted to come out to California and have a different uh, view of the world, you know. And she decided to, to come out with me. April's thinking was, well, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And if I put distance between me and Chase and my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they'll realize that they need me to take care of these babies. It's December 2003, and April Pitzer leaves Texas temporarily to clear her head. And everything was going to be fine, and she's going to have her little girls back and her husband or her beautiful home and her beautiful life. But it didn't end up like that at all. 
The Mojave Desert is at once enticing and dangerous. Home to the mines of the California Gold Rush, explorers and travelers alike have gravitated to the desert for decades in the hopes of realizing dreams at any cost. But once there, April realizes opportunities for an outsider are scarce. There's a lot of really good people lived out here their entire lives, but for those people who are moving out here, trying to get away from the city, there's not a whole lot of work out here. With so much space and little opportunity for legitimate employment, the desert can be a playground for criminal activity. Barso, California is known for uh, methamphetamine capital of the world, so they say. I would say, yes, there's some drugs that are floating around in the area. I try to warn her that there's certain places that you can go to that are okay, and then there's other places that you have to watch what you're doing out there. As it turns out, April is drawn to the very crowd John warns her about. One night, at a party in the desert outside of Barstow, April meets a man who will change the course of her life. There's an instant and intense attraction. This person knowing the dirt bike said, I've got 20 acres, we've got some trailer homes, and you can come home with me, and you'll have a place to live. With a new man on the scene, April and John's relationship goes sour. Despite his warnings, April moves to a desert community about 20 miles east of Barstow. The world April is about to enter is a far cry from the life she's left behind. They didn't even have electricity in that house where she was at. I didn't know. When April Pitzer hits rock bottom, she reaches out for help. But is it too late? When April Pitzer's marriage fails and she loses custody of her children, she leaves Texas and takes a trip out to the California desert to regroup. But a few months after her arrival, April is introduced to an underworld of drug dealers and addicts. Steve Wilkinson remembers when April arrived outside of Barstow in late January 2004. The house I lived up in was right up on the road and uh, she was staying back there with her boyfriend. A lot of people with, with criminal records living out there. Her boyfriend and Maria's brother had been arrested quite a bit. Uh, I've been arrested a few times for drug cases. So there was a lot of activity. As a loving mother of two from out of town, April stands out among her new group of friends. She had that southern accent, you know, a little different, you know, not the normal for out here. Three months go by, and April's situation is getting increasingly precarious. When she and her new boyfriend break up, April has nowhere to go. With no job and no money, April lives day to day, never knowing where she will eat or who will offer her a bed for the night. She has been lying to her mother, Gloria Denton, about her life out in California. I didn't know April was homeless and living from place to place. I thought that she had a job and everything was okay. But life is far from okay for April Pitzer. The desert is an ocean separating her from her children. She is depressed and doesn't know where to turn. She started walking down National Trails Highway. A man in a truck passes by 
and sees April in distress. He pulls over and asks if she needs help. And she just lost it, started crying, and told him her troubles, and he said, I'm taking you home to my mama. April accepts the kind gesture and goes with the man to meet his sick, elderly mother, Barbara Killebrew. They become friends instantly. Both are lonely and seeking companionship. April was a caregiver. That's all she ever did, you know? I mean, she took care of people. Taking care of Barbara reminds April of the life she left behind, one she desperately wants to get back to. Barbara told her, your mama needs to know the truth. And April called me, and it was the hardest phone call I ever took. April tells her mother about the dark road she has traveled. I was shocked. And she said, Mama, I just didn't want you to worry. She said, I was just so ashamed, you know? April also says she wants to come home. It's early June 2004, and Gloria Denton immediately starts making plans for her daughter April's return to her hometown in the hills of Clarksville, Arkansas. But April isn't quite ready. Her mom seemed to think that she wanted to come home. She was ready to. She just hadn't made that commitment that she was going to do it. While days are spent with Barbara, April still needs a place to stay at night. Unfortunately, Barbara doesn't have an extra bedroom for her at the house. For shelter, she must rely on the kindness of other friends in Newberry Springs. She'd been staying at my house maybe a couple of weeks or something like that but she wanted to go see her kids, and that was a good thing for her to go do. You know, it was time for her to leave. But according to Gloria Denton, her daughter stops staying at Steve's house not because the timing is right, but because she is scared. She called me and told me that she ran into this person out there. In a strange twist of fate, the past has finally caught up with April Pitzer. She met a girl out here and found out that she knew who she was from back east because uh, I guess April was a federal informant back there and it was on that case that this girl's husband went to prison. There was the girl and her husband that she testified against in the state of Arkansas seven years later. How's that happen? According to Steve, when April realizes who this woman is, she overreacts, calling too much attention to her past as a drug informant. After all, Many of her new friends have made their careers off the drug trade. She kept wanting to apologize and say how sorry she was, but the girl didn't want nothing to do with her. Just leave me alone, you know, go away, it's over. All the years of fear and paranoia are finally substantiated. I said, oh my God, April, you gotta get out of there. I said, you're gonna die. Steve Wilkinson was in federal prison on drug charges at the time of those convictions. He remembers the case that April testified in that broke up a major drug ring. 32 people went to federal prison over it. There was chemicals being bought back east, brought out to California for the manufacture of methamphetamine. There were a lot of drugs being sold back there from out here. A lot of people got caught up in it. Steve is baffled that the woman whose testimony helped make the convictions ends up in his home in California. That's just like the needle in the haystack, how she could ever land in a place like this and end up in a circle of the people that were involved in that case. It was real strange. Gloria wants to wire April money for a bus ticket immediately, but April tells her to wait. 
I was moving from Texas to Clarksville during that time. She said, Mama, when you bring all your stuff back from Texas, I'll come to Arkansas, and that way I can help you unpack. I said, okay. In the meantime, she persuades April to go somewhere safe. I said, April, is there somebody that you trust where you can stay? And she said, Uncle Chuck. Chuck Hollister is a quiet, middle-aged man, well-known for taking in people who are down on their luck. Over the last few months, April had occasionally stayed at his house off Old Route 66 in Newberry Springs. She said he's got a nice house and everything, and he's got reliable transportation, and I can go there. I said, okay. I took her out on Wednesday and dropped her off in Newberry Springs at uh, Chuck's house. April is just days away from returning to her mother and a place where she will finally feel safe. She had real high hopes, and she was so excited, you know, oh, Mom, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. But one week later, when Gloria tries to reach her daughter in Newberry Springs, April is nowhere to be found. I started calling Chuck, because that was the only number I had. When it rang, it rang, it rang, it rang, it rang. Never could get him, never could get him. Police track down a witness who thinks she knows what happened to April. What they learn is chilling. Just when April Pitzer comes clean and asks her mother for help to get back home, a chance encounter from the past causes her to fear for her life. Now, instead of planning a homecoming celebration, April's mother, Gloria, is desperately trying to locate her daughter's whereabouts. And the man April has been staying with, Chuck Hollister, has not been answering his phone. I tried to call her, tried to call her. Couldn't get her, couldn't get her, couldn't get her. And on July the 4th, I finally got a call. April's friend, Barbara Killebrew, had been in the hospital. One of the first things she does when she gets home is phone Gloria to check on April. Barbara called me and she's like, how's it feel to have your baby back? I said, Barbara, April's not home. As she hears those words, Gloria begins to fear the worst. I said, Barbara, something's happened to April. Who was the last person with her? And she said, Chuck, Chuck Hollister. He brought her out here to get her stuff. He had taken her to several friends' house. He took her to Barbara's house. She was telling everybody goodbye. She had packed her stuff, and her stuff was ready to go. It's been eight days since April was last seen. Gloria is frantic and tries to file a missing persons report. I called San Bernardino County. Uh, they wouldn't let me report her missing. They said she just had a bad marriage, lost her kids. April's not missing. She just don't want to be found. And I'm like, you don't know my daughter. Gloria and April have a special bond as mother and daughter. Everybody thought we were sisters, you know. She was my friend. She was my daughter. She was my everything. When April was just three, Gloria Denton lost custody of her two children to relatives. I was 19 years old, and they thought I was too young to be a mother. For the next 15 years, 
Gloria fought relentlessly to get her children back. Refusing to lose touch, Gloria and April maintained a close relationship over the years. Her cards, they tell the story. She loved me very much, and I loved her. When April is 17, she finally moves home to be with her mother. We were inseparable, absolutely inseparable. And April said it so well. She's like, Mama, now we have forever, and nobody can ever separate us again. Now, in June 2004, Gloria fears she's losing April once again. Days pass, and still no sign of her daughter, and no word from Chuck Hollister. On July the 16th, I said, Barbara, you've got to make a report. Something has happened to April. April's gone. I said, they've done something with her. This time, police take the report. Then, just three days later, Gloria finally gets the call she has been anxiously awaiting. It's from Chuck Hollister. And finally, he called me back, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry that I've not been in touch with you. He goes, I've been moving a friend to Oregon. And I said, Chuck, where's April? Monday morning, he got up to go to work. April was still there. Uh, he came home, and April was gone, and uh, he hadn't seen her since. He thought somebody gave her a ride to a bus stop, and uh, she had gone home. Chuck tells Gloria about April's state of mind the Sunday night before she goes missing. She had the pictures of her girls out on the counter, and she was crying. She held their pictures up to her heart and said, I'm going home, I'm going home. But what Chuck tells Gloria next is very disturbing. Chuck said that a couple of her bags were still there on the property. Oh, it's all here. He said, there's her little white suitcase, there's her backpack. Why would April have left all her belongings behind if she was en route to Arkansas? When a month passes and there's still no word from April, investigators begin to search the area. Missing person flyers were made up and posted throughout Barstow, Daggett, Yermo, Newberry Springs. The strategy works. On September 9th, 2004, a Barstow City transportation employee alerts police to a comment from a bus rider. A person getting on a local transit bus, seeing the flyer at the bus station, made mention that she knew that person, knew April, and made the comment that, I know where she's at, she's in a hole. It's an ominous, disturbing clue. Police track down the witness for further questioning. She denied saying that she was in a hole, but she did tell me that she was at a party, and somebody at the party, she couldn't remember who, said that April was dead and in a mine shaft. Detectives have a lead at last. But the fact that there are over 20,000 mines in San Bernardino County alone is daunting. Deputy Coroner and Missing Persons Coordinator David Van Norman is all too familiar with the area in question. The desert is vast, and it really doesn't help to say that somebody might have been placed into a mine in light of the fact that there are literally thousands and thousands of mines. We're between uh, Nevada State Line, a major freeway into Vegas off the 15 freeway. We're not that far from LA. If somebody gets rid of somebody out here in the desert, it's rare they're ever found. We seem to be a dumping ground sometimes. But it's not just the witness's testimony that leads investigators to believe April has been killed and buried in the desert. That same week, in early September, 
another piece of evidence comes to light. This time from a truck stop 800 miles away in a neighboring state. A note was written up in Oregon at a truck stop, a men's bathroom wall. It said, looking for a missing girl from Arkansas, three miles east of Barstow, I-15 freeway. From Barstow to the Calico exit, a ground search was conducted. And again, that's an area where there's hundreds of mine shafts. We had nothing more to go on than that. Meanwhile, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department obtained surveillance video at the truck stop that captures everyone going into and coming out of the men's bathroom. It's 24-hour live video, and we have it from June all the way through to the day it was found in September. In the end, neither the ground searches nor the surveillance video provides any further insight into April's case. No evidence was found. That, that doesn't mean that the rumor isn't true. Could cryptic notes etched in an old miner's shack hold the answers to April's disappearance? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? 
Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's mid-September, and the search for April Beth Pitzer is heating up. But everyone fears the worst. First, a witness overhears that April's body is in a desert mine, and then a message found in a truck stop bathroom reveals the missing woman from Arkansas is close to Barstow, California, off the I-15. Police and April's mother in Arkansas have begun tracking people down who knew April, desperate for any clues that can explain her disappearance on June 28th. April didn't have a phone of her own wherever she went. She'd call me collect. I started calling all the phone numbers back, and one person would tell me a little more and a little more and a little more. Gloria wanted to believe her daughter is still alive, but that hope is fading. She hears many theories about where her daughter's body is, but there is one location that keeps coming up the Mines of Ludlow. It turns out that Chuck Hollister, the last person known to have seen April alive, has a close friend named Dan Dan who claims to own a mine out in Ludlow called the Red Dog Mine. Chuck and him mine, you know, they made jewelry and stuff. Dan Dan and Chuck are known rockhounds. They spend a lot of their time together working the Red Dog Mine about 30 miles east of Barstow. Dan Dan thought he was going to get rich. The town of Ludlow was part of the Mother Lode during the California Gold Rush. This was an old uh, mining area back in the late 1800s, and there were some old shacks out there that he'd write his name on, claim that the shacks were his. Dan Dan often stays out at the Red Dog Mine for days on end. He's a hermit who likes to keep to himself. He's got a sign on the front, well, handwritten. It says... If you can read this, then you need to go have a nice day someplace else. Dan Dan. Dan Dan had started working in this mine back in the 70s. At the very bottom of it, which is about 200 feet deep, he had wrote Dan Dan 1979. Dan Dan had been around a long time. When he was younger, he was one of the guys that, you know, and you wouldn't want to cross. The connection between the rumor that April's body might be found deep in a Ludlow mine and the fact that Dan Dan worked the Red Dog Mine in Ludlow is enough for police to investigate further. First, they try to question Dan Dan. I went by his house on numerous occasions. His vehicle would be there. I'd knock on the door, he wouldn't answer. I would leave my business card. I left missing person flyers asking him to contact me. Eventually, Dan Dan does talk to the police, but says he knows nothing about April Pitzer's whereabouts. Without gaining any valuable information from Dan Dan, investigators decide to go out to Ludlow and search the area. They begin at the dilapidated mining shacks Dan Dan is rumored to have occupied and are shocked at what they find. There was some writing, strange writing on the walls inside. Things about him being a sniper in Vietnam, things about trespassing on his property. What investigators tell Gloria is bone chilling. One of the sayings were, three people can keep a secret if two are dead. Another one was, 
If you want to disappear, I can help you. It'll bug me forever because I might have sent her to her doom. If Dan Dan did actually write these things, was he referring to April's disappearance? Perhaps the Red Dog Mine itself will hold the answers. Barstow search and rescue team went out there. They also eventually took cadaver dogs out there and they searched the mine from top to bottom. But after two days with the cadaver dogs, police are confident April's body is not hidden there. There are no clues to indicate April had ever been to the mines. Could all this talk about Dan Dan and the Red Dog Mine be just desert folklore? Dan continued denying any knowledge of anything about April. He, he knew her. He didn't know what happened to her. He claimed he didn't do any harm to her. The search for April is at a standstill. Then, a new and disturbing clue surfaces. In January of 2005, a woman recognizes April from a missing persons poster and realizes this was the same woman who worked for her in June of 2004, likely the same time she was staying with Chuck Hollister. Andre Pruitt, owner of the famous Baghdad Cafe in Newberry Springs, remembers well the day April came into the restaurant. April came in and asked me for a job, said she needed to have something to do. She said she lived over on one of those dirt roads back there. Chuck Hollister's house on Caspian Road is just a few blocks from the restaurant. And I said, well, we're really not very busy, but I can let you work a few days a week. And then she came back the next day. On the first day of her job as a waitress, April's appearance makes a lasting impression on Andre. She looked very nice. She had her hair up. She had on a white blouse and a black skirt, like she was really going to work somewhere nice. At first, April seemed like a good fit at the Baghdad Cafe. She was very sweet and nice to the customers. I said, well, you know, she'll work out. Then, on the second day of her new job, what Andre believes to be the days leading up to April's disappearance, she could tell things were not right. April looked like she had been beaten. She looked like somebody had hit her in her eye because it was blue. I don't know who she was really involved with, but I knew that she was upset the day that I talked to her. I knew she needed to get out of here for whatever the reason. She looked really confused and maybe a little scared. The mystery remains. Who was April scared of and why? This was the same time period when April planned on returning home. Could this be the day she went missing? And then that was the last day that I saw her. She didn't come back. On his deathbed, Dan Dan leaves one last cryptic message in the search for April. Will it lead investigators to her remains? Six months after April Pitzer is last seen in Newberry Springs, California, her mother and police have tried to piece together what might have happened to her. Following two disturbing leads, investigators search the Red Dog Mine for her body. 
When the deputy coroner learns of April's case and hears the rumor that she could be hidden in a mine, he calls a friend for help. I assisted by making contact with the local desert lore historian. He knows that desert like the palm of his hand, and he had been called to keep his eyes out for April. Finally, a year and a half after April went missing, there's a break in the case. In late December of 2005, while leading a tour group through the old mines of Ludlow, the historian stumbles upon what will prove to be vital evidence. He went in one of the old abandoned shacks and he seen women's clothing and he said, stop. He said, we gotta leave here. Hoping to be able to identify the clothes as April's, Gloria is on the first plane out to San Bernardino County in California. This is the first time Gloria Denton will confront the people and places associated with her missing daughter. I just dropped to my knees when I got out there and I, I seen it. Just vast sand, hills, desert, shacks. Gloria remembers how April described the desert in one of their last conversations. She said, Mom, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out here. You do what you can to survive. And when I got out there, I knew what she meant. The next morning, Gloria accompanies the search team to the area where the clothes were found. They head out to a mine called the Indian Queen, several miles beyond the Red Dog Mine, which police searched one year ago. When they arrive, April's mother ventures out to scan the premises for any signs of her daughter. It doesn't take her long. The first thing I seen was a red and black flannel shirt that I see in her. Gloria sadly remembers the night April called her, asking for help. She didn't have any clothes, she didn't have anything. She said, Mom, it's cold out here. You know, can you send me a coat, something uh, flannel? So I fixed her up a couple of boxes of clothes. April told her mother how touched she had been to receive the care package. She held them up to her and smelled them and that she went in the bedroom and closed the door and just cried and cried because she could smell me and she knew where they came from. After a thorough search, investigators feel confident April is not at the Indian Queen. But April's mother does not want to give up. Although the Red Dog Mine was searched by police one year ago, Gloria wants to see it for herself. She asks the coroner, David Van Norman, to take her there. She shudders at what she finds. When I pulled up, the first thing that I seen was the white suitcase that Barbara Killebrew gave April. It was just a flapping in the wind. This is the same suitcase Chuck claimed April left behind at his house. It was not here when police searched the Red Dog Mine in December of 2005. Now, one year later, April's clothes are scattered between the Indian Queen and Red Dog Mines. The question persists. How and why did these items get from Chuck's house in Newberry Springs to the mines of Ludlow, 30 miles away? I don't know how the clothing that Gloria says was her daughter's ended up in the desert if it was the same clothes that was at Chuck's house. Police and Gloria may never know the truth. Chuck Hollister is very sick with cancer. Detective Steve Pennington interrogates him one last time. I asked him, you know, if he had done this, if it was something that he wanted clear his conscience, and he flat out denied any 
involvement in her disappearance. As for the clothes that were found in the desert, they failed to provide any forensic value. The hot of the desert sun and sometimes the cold of a desert winter will destroy any evidence that could be analyzed from that. Soon after, Chuck Hollister passes away. As time progresses, the case of April Pitzer gets increasingly complicated and enigmatic. There's been so many rumors that have floated around out here. We don't want to hear any more rumors. We want to know what somebody actually knows. At first, I was real hopeful, you know, and you get people telling you all these different things. I finally threw my hands up, and I'm like, look, April didn't die that many times. She wasn't killed that many ways, and she can't be that many places. Then, in 2009, when Gloria is out in California for yet another search, she hears through the grapevine that Dan Dan, the man who might hold the clues to her daughter's disappearance, is sick and in the intensive care unit. I'm like, oh my God, I've got to go see this man. He can't die. I could never rest if I'd been out here and I don't go talk to him. With April's missing person picture on her T-shirt, Gloria Denton confronts the man she believes is somehow involved in her daughter's disappearance. And he looked at me and I said, Dan, I'm Gloria, I'm April's mom. And I kept on waiting on that hate to come over me, you know, and it, it just never came. Dan Dan and Gloria talk for over an hour. His kindness makes Gloria feel as though she has been wrong all along about his role in April's death. I started crying and he cried with me and, you know, he took my hand and he said, April was a sweetheart, Gloria, and whoever killed that girl needs to be brought to justice. Then just days later, before dying, Dan Dan confesses to friends that he knows more about April's disappearance than he let on. Dan said when he was dying, that girl, April Pitzer, said her mom's in the right place. She's just not been far enough. I believe when he said we were looking in the right place, he was referring to his mind. In March 2010, a team of volunteer mine enthusiasts take Dan Dan's words seriously. They have the capabilities of repelling 3,000 feet deep into mines. If April is farther down in the Red Dog Mine, they will find her. I copy you, Mike. I'm going to start heading down. Okay. On rope! Clear. Or do you want to give us uh, an update of what you're seeing? Oh, it's a clean bottom. There's no debris. It's just a clean bottom. Once again, the search reveals nothing new. I can't tell you the nightmares that I've had that April was in Red Dog Mine. No matter how many people have went down there, how many times, I could never get that vision out of my mind. But this time I, I went, and now I know. You know, she's not down there. In the six years since April went missing, there have been dozens of searches, and not one has gathered a shred of new evidence. Yet investigators and a team of dedicated volunteers persist, largely because of April's mother's tenacity. So many people don't report their loved ones missing as adults because, well, they're not worthy. That's a prostitute, that's an alcoholic, that's a drug addict, you know? I don't care what they are. They are wives. They have names. Gloria believes her daughter deserves justice, 
and to be remembered as she was in life before her troubles began. April was beautiful, full of life. She had a beautiful body, a beautiful soul, a beautiful face, and a heart of gold. Uh, everybody loved her. I so believe she's here. No. You know, I have peace that April's with the Lord. One thing for sure, nobody can hurt her. Nobody can take her from me, and she doesn't have to be afraid. I just wished our time together would have been different. But it'll be okay, because we'll do it again. I wish you'd just come running up over the horizon. Say, Mama. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.